जय शिव नारायण आपदापहर्तापदाभिराम श्रीराम भूयो भूयो नमाम्यम today is a, a good day for all of us we are starting this what we call a spiritual retreat for 7 days in this first session we are discussing a few issues a few matters related to vedanta vedanta is a very beautiful word used by so many people but what is vedanta first we try to understand that and then try to enter into the topic for us the word vedanta has two things in it one is veda and the other is anta when we join them the word becomes vedanta during our second session we try to explore a few things about vedas and their details and vedic literature in general we are going to discuss in our second session we know a few names of vedas like rig veda यजुर वेद साम वेद अथर्व वेद और आधर्वण वेद लाइक दैट इधर वी हैव टू से अथर्व वेद और वी शुड से आधर्वण वेद वी शुड से अथर्वण वेद most of us are used to see it atharvana vedam like that these are the four names given to different mantras of vedas commonly people say last part of veda is called as vedanta because the word anta means end so this is vedanta means ending part of vedas that is also one of the meanings to the word vedanta but not necessarily the ending part of veda is called vedanta 
Anta has some other meaning. In Sanskrit, Anta means beautiful part of something. It's called Anta. Say, Vananta means Vanam is a forest and Vanantam is beautiful part of the forest. It's called Vanantam. Wherever there are trees, densely situated and nice place to sit at least for some time and enjoy the breeze, where from we can see the whole uh, setup of the forest, that such particular part we call as Vanantam. So also, Vedantam means the beautiful part of Vedas is called Vedanta. What's the beauty? Beauty is a related term. As it is said, you know, a cow loves her baby. Man loves you know, his baby or her baby. So also a crow also loves her own baby. When you look at a crow, it appears black and you may feel it is odd. But a crow mother definitely loves her own baby. So also anything in the world is being loved by those people who think that it is theirs, but for others it may not appear as beautiful. But what's real beauty? Is it physical or is it something internal or is it supreme? What is the eternal beauty? then we can say that this is something what is talking about it and like that. The real beauty is the beauty of self, beauty of ourselves. Do you ever agree that you are not beautiful? If somebody says so, we never agree. Other people may be scared by seeing us. <laughs> but the more we look at the mirror, the more we we'll, we'll love our face and our features. Because it's mine. I'm always beautiful. At least for me. I can't, I can't say that how others feel. But I'm beautiful. Not only at the physical level, even at inner level also, I am always beautiful. I, whom we call I, the soul, or what we call as Atma, or we have another name also, Jiva. All these are just synonyms, you know, Jiva, 
आत्मा और आई दिस इज ऑलवेज ब्यूटिफुल बिकॉज इट्स फॉर्म इज इटर्नल इट नेवर चेंजेस इट्स फॉर्म्स इफ वन इज एबल टू रीच दैट इफ वन इज एबल टू परसीव दैट इफ वन इज एबल टू अंडरस्टैंड दैट एंड दैट्स ऑलवेज ब्यूटिफुल द मोमेंट वन इज एबल टू रीच दैट ब्यूटी एवरीथिंग इन द वर्ल्ड एपीएस really beautiful he will never eat hate anything we need to understand that real beauty we need to understand something related to that or in other words how to relate everything to that that is what we need to understand because in the world nothing is bad everything is in this universe created with a purpose we may not be understanding we may not able to realize the purpose so something we think oh it is not necessary some people say you know why god has to create dirt why god has to create you know some creatures which look so ugly why god has to create flies and uh, ants and mosquitoes and, uh, and bugs and which always causes some sort of disturbance you may be bugging someone else in that times so they may feel you as a bug and you feel another insect as bug and even that bug also may be thinking of some other insect as a bug right and even a bug loves his own body his own self and that also created with a purpose so there is a purpose behind every object whether it is a living object or a non living object but everything in this universe has a purpose let's remember that first and every activity also has some purpose and some result also along with it even if you look at a grass blade when it's waving with the wind there will be some purpose which we may not perceive when we raise the hand when we go down when we blink our eyes when we move our head there is a purpose there will be a result also along with it you may not understand that result you may not see that immediately but still there will be some result and it happens because of something else which controls from behind what we call as nature our supreme nature understanding something about that power that is controlling from behind is very much important because after all in this universe 
in this world, our lifespan is very little. Maximum 100 years. Okay? During this period, sometime we already passed when we spent our end, our childhood, then we didn't understand actually what the life is and how it is and why it is and what it is, so on and so forth. We never thought of those things. We were just engaged with books, with classrooms or with toys, playing in the ground. That's how we must have spent our childhood. And after some time, when we become old, though we are interested to do certain things, we cannot do. Now, this is time for us to understand. And this time, we are having so many responsibilities like earning things and maintaining the families and, uh, you know, attending so many duties. This is how we need to spend and how much time we have to think of that beautiful thing, that ultimate reality, that which controls everything, what would be the result if we at all understand something about it? In this universe, everything is controlled by X. If you know something about that X, you can tune it to your own taste. All these lights, all this power is being controlled by main switch. You know, if you know where it is and how to operate that, yes, you can, if you want, you can just put all the lights or you can turn off a few things or you can uh, and totally just you know, turn them off. Have you ever seen a giant wheel? a big giant wheel. If one is interested in going around in the giant wheel, there will be some operator. If you know about that operator and if you please him, I think uh, whenever you are interested in uh, playing with it, you can. But if you do not know him, then whenever he fixes up some time, and if you have time, then you have to go, you have to uh, enjoy whenever He allows you to do so, otherwise you can't. See, He is a wonderful lake, very beautiful lake. Whenever we look at the lake, we, like, we, we feel like, you know, just playing with the water. I, even children also love to play with water. And youth also, you know, loves to play with water. Even old people also love to play with Because water is our mother. We born from the water. As a Manu, a great sage, responsible for the humanity to survive on this earth, he said in one beautiful sloka, like Appa Eva Sasarjadahu Tasuvirya Mapasrujatu The universal originator, 
he created water first and in that he released all the souls to exist appa eva sasarja first he created water adau tasu viryam apasrujit so that is how we came so everybody loves his mother right his or her mother so also we love the water but if we wish to play with water taking a boat and if you want a boat ride in the lake you can't do whenever you want you just can't go now and you can't just play with the water you need a time given by the people who are monitoring the whole area but if the monitor is well known to you and if the monitor likes you even if you wish to go on a ride now yes he arranges a boat just you can get in the boat and you can go round you can play and you can come back because the one who controls is known to you so also if you know about the controller of this entire universe you also can play with the world you can also tune the universe according to your desire and the person who reaches to that level never goes against to the system of the universe never causes pain to anybody and he makes everybody to feel happy and joyful we need to know something about that self which is responsible for all the activities at the lower level here with us and at a higher level with the universe vedas are some sources of knowledge reveal something about that self and of course they deal with so many other things also see when you have this thing the hall you came to the uh this what you call resort in this resort there are lawns there are rooms like this there are some rooms where you can play with the computer or just you can play you can have so many games you have some cassettes you have some books you have something to eat and drink you have something to play here you have some place so that you can discuss there are so many places so many places if you are really useful and beautiful so no if you are in the lake if it rains you can't be there but if you are here you can always sit comfortably let there be rain let there be thunders and showers but you need not worry at all you can comfortably sit here just you can enjoy whatever the work you are in so we can say this is a this is a nice place or probably the nice place is where we can eat or probably some people who loves to sleep you know nicest places the bed 
you know, for them. But for kids, those who want to play, and uh, the game room is the nicest place for them, you know. So the taste differs from person to person. It varies from person to person. But collectively, for anyone, I think a place where you can learn something, you can understand something, you can exchange something, I think it is a nice place. So the, we can say this is the anta in this interlaken resort. You know? So also, Vedas are sources of knowledge for different experiences in this world. Like what you have to get during the body. If there is no body, then what will be the state of the soul and life? And where it goes and how it goes and what to be done and when to be done and in what procedure. So many things are being discussed in Vedas. And you may not be interested in knowing everything, but everyone wants to know how one can beautify himself. If one is interested in food, he also wants to appear good. If one who wants to sleep, he also wants to sleep good. And he wants to appear good. Whoever is interested in playing in the boat, also interested to looking good. Everybody wants his or her own beauty to be preserved, enhanced and so on. So also, collectively, all of us are interested in knowing something about ourselves. The part which deals in beautifying your form, your enjoyments and your experiences is called Veda Anta. Veda Anta is the very, very important and very useful and beautiful part of Vedas, we can say. There is one more meaning for the word Vedanta. Anta is end. End for what? Is it end for knowledge? Usually Veda means knowledge, what people say. And Vedanta means end of knowledge. Is there any ending for the knowledge? Will there be any end to the knowledge? No. Knowledge is ocean. It's eternal. So there will be no end to the knowledge at all. But your quest will be stopped at a given place at a particular time. When? When you got whatever you are interested in, then you, you stop searching for things. You are in search of a flashlight. The moment you got it, that's all. Your search is stopped. Right? So that is Sirchyanta, we can say. Sirchy came to a, an end. Anta. Right? If you are eating, okay? That is what we call as a bhujanam. Right? And you keep on doing bhojanam. How long? When you got what you wanted. You wanted to eat one gulab jamun and you got it and you ate it. 
then your thirst is satisfied. Right? Any searching comes to an end when one gets what he is searching for. So also, Veda, if it is the ocean of knowledge, any person dives into that ocean to get something out of it. And when he gets the desired thing, then his searching will be stopped. His search will come to an end. That particular part which allows one to attain or to fulfill his desire is called Vedanta. Suppose if you are interested in beautifying yourself, the part which reveals something to beautify your own thing is called Vedanta. Most of the times, people, those who are interested in attaining Swarga, are probably what people call as a heaven. A particular part which talks about the performances to attain the particular, uh, what you call the heaven, is the Vedanta for them. They never get interested into other parts because their ultimate goal is something to reach heaven. The moment they reach heaven, their search will be stopped. So also, for a common seeker, search for self-beautification. Whatever part deals with it, who you are, why you are, how you are, and what you need to do, how to do, where and when to do, and what will be the ultimate result of that particular activity. The subject that deals with these things in Vedas is called Vedanta. So the word Vedanta, how many ways you can interpret? In three ways. Ending part of Veda, one, what people commonly say, beautiful part of Veda is two. So beautiful part, maybe at the beginning, maybe at the ending, maybe in the middle, maybe in some corner, anywhere it may be there. So wherever it is, you call that Vedanta and you pick it up from that particular point, particular place, and you use it. Have you ever tasted uh, mango? You did? Not after cutting it as pieces, but as a fruit. Did you ever taste the juicy fruit? What people call uh, as uh, rasam and other things, you know, they have different names. So, where the real taste exists in the fruit? <laughs> not at the top, not at the bottom, right? The bottom will be at times unripened. And the top 
is not that tasteful because you have to cut and you have to you have to remove just some portion of that but the middle part is really juicy and tasteful in a mango in a have you ever seen a sugar cane where the taste exists not on the top again because the top there will be some leaves again some grass blades like you can't just eat it there won't be any taste and in the root there are so many roots which you can't eat so the core the middle part right that is really tasteful but even in that also not the top portion only the middle portion right have you seen the flowers in the flower also there will be nectar but where it exists mostly in the middle bottom of particular flower but have you seen the sugar candy where the taste exists that everywhere you touch bottom you touch top you touch side you touch in the middle wherever you touch you feel the taste of it nowadays you know there are a few candies where they insert some seeds in the middle no but if such candies are there again the middle portion where the seed there may not be sweetness right the sweetness exists other than the seed but if you take a kalkan if you take a sugar candy what you call misri in that there won't be any portion where there is no taste every part and all the sides it is sweet right like that in vedas every portion is really tasteful but basing upon our own inquisitive uh, inquisitiveness now we like something whatever the portion that reveals something about it is called vedanta beautiful part of vedas and another interpretation given to the vedanta is a portion that gives you the ultimate the reveals you the ultimate realities where the quest for knowledge will be stopped after knowing which our search will come to a conclusion and end that is called vedanta so in the in the name of vedanta mostly our uh people take the upanishad part of veda because they deal with the soul they deal with the supreme soul they also deal with the nature in which we live the relationship between the soul and the nature the relationship between the soul and god and the way what and a way how soul has to do certain things and 
ultimately the goal of the life. The goal of any activity that human being does. You know, we human beings are doing certain activities other than what animals do. So what should be the goal for any activity you do? All these things were discussed in the uh, Upanishads exhaustively. So that particular part where there are Upanishads discussed is called as Upanishad and they are taken as Vedantic sources, sources for Vedanta. Okay. There are a few Upanishads like that. Each Veda has a few Upanishads in it. In Rigveda there are a few Upanishads, in Ajur Veda there are, in Sama Veda there are, in Atharva Veda there are a few Upanishads like that. Now, for us, we have taken Mandukya Upanishad as a topic for our the first sessions and discussion. This Upanishad is taken from Atharva Veda. What Upanishads, from what Veda? Overall Upanishads, how many are there? You know, these are a few questions what people usually ask. Nowadays people started writing Upanishads. In fact, Upanishad is a part of Veda, which was not written by anybody, but nowadays people start writing Upanishads uh, of their own. So, some people wrote Christ Upanishad, in which they talk everything about Christ. You know, Christ born like this, Christ did like this, everything came from Christ, Christ and he can save all the souls like that, you know, that is how they they discuss all that Christ can do. And they start calling it as Christopanishad. And some people who wanted Allah, so they start they wrote you know, another Upanishad called Allopanishad. <laughs> And uh, tomorrow, if there is a little following behind us, then a Jiyurupanishad comes out. <laughs> Nowadays people start creating their own Upanishads. But how many Upanishads? How do we decide the number then? The number will be decided basing upon the scriptures of our great Acharyas, right from Adi Sankara. We take Sankara Acharya, we take Ramanuja Acharya, we take Madhva Acharya into consideration, who are the primary Acharyas of all the doctrines that are being practiced by people in different, different parts of the world. Though there are a few more Acharyas, but all they are following the knowledge initiated by those three Acharyas or any one of those three Acharyas. So, whatever those Acharyas said, 
we take it for granted in accepting the number of Upanishads. All of them have uh, mentioned that the Upanishads are 14 in number. Main Upanishads. The authoritative Upanishads, we can say, they are 14. There is a beautiful sloka talking about the number of Upanishads. Should I say the sloka? In which the names of ten Upanishads are mentioned. Later, um, while going through the commentaries written by Sankaracharya, Ramanujacharya, we can find few more uh, mantras also which are found in some more Upanishads. So, like that there are four more things added. We can take them like this. Yisa Kena Katha Prasna Munda Mandukya Tiri This is one line. And the second line is like this. Chandogyam Bruhadaranyam Aitareyam Dasevahi This is a sloka, an authoritative sloka accepted by everybody. Increase the font possible. Make it four. Prasna. Yes. No, you can increase it. Are you able to see that? Is it visible to everybody? Or sitting behind? Now? Good. See? Isa is the one Upanishad, number one. You can write as Isa Vasya Upanishad or Iso Upanishad. In both ways, people talk about it. See, the colon always says the long vowel. Wherever it is, it's uttered as long vowel. After I, it is E. After E, it is A, like that. After U, it is U. 
after a it is a after o it is o when the colon is used next to the vowel and you have to chant it as a long vowel okay now look here the first one is e sir kena that is the second upanishad what people say kena upanishad they call it and the third one is katha fourth one is called prashna and the fifth one is called munda that is called munda kopanishad you have to write it while you're adding upanishad you have to write it as munda kopanishad this is mandukya this is now what we are discussing about okay mandukya and the seventh one is called tittiri the name of that is called taittiriya you have to write it like taittiriya upanishad add upanishad also you need to call it as taittiriyopanishad but it is called you know in sloka it is organized as tittiri because it came from the tittiri birds tittiri is the name of a bird of course because of that the name became taittiriyopanishad and uh, the next one is chandogyam chandogya upanishad they call it chandogyam and ninth one is called bruhadaranyam this is also called as bruhadaranya kopanishad in the shlokam do it is written as bruhadaranyam but it is called as bruhadaranyaka upanishad bruhadaranyako upanishad like but you can speak and say bruhadaranyaka upanishad taittiriyopanishad bruhadaranyakopanishad there is a kopa a little but doesn't matter munda kopanishad like that you know and the 10th one is called as 
ஐதரேய ஐதரேயோபனிஷத் பீப்புள் கால் இட் ஐதரேயோபனிஷத் You know, these are uh, 10 primary Upanishads, we call them as Pradhan Upanishads. And four more are added along with them, or Yat, Ayuhu, whatever life is provided, Ayu is the age, whatever long we live, we may live for one day, we may live for 100 years we may live for 90 years 70 60 40 50 25 whatever the you know life we spend let us spend pleasing gods let us spend enjoying let's not cry let's not feel uh, no sorrow let's not feel any pain whatever little we live whatever little we spend let us spend that life with joy and in service to god yadayuhu whatever the life is provided to us that devahitam visema devahitam according to the wish of gods visema we spend shall we have let us spend the life with peace may we always listen to the benevolent eternal sounds always may we become the doers of yagnas and divine ritualistic sacrifices and thus we always fill our eyes with a benevolent vision may we always worship gods and offer services with strong and healthy bodies such that we live our full lifetime life term thus it is the prayer that all our bodies and senses be utilized in activities exclusively in service of god in other words let all our activities be turned as the service of god you know we can't just give up our responsibilities and go to temples and sit in there are we going to do that no we are not going to do that we want to lead our regular life we want to do all the activities that we are supposed to do in this world maybe in the family maybe in the society maybe in our office wherever we are we are supposed to do our duties let all our duties be transformed as the services of god right that is the invocation that's a prayer we are 
doing to God. We are listening to so many things, right? We are very curious to listen also. And if somebody is talking slowly, <laughs> people are very much curious. What is talking about? Is he talking about me? That is a curiosity. <laughs> if somebody is whispering like that, we try to listen not with two years. How many years? Not for, we make the whole body as ears. <laughs> you know, that is how we want to listen. <laughs> very, very keen in observing, in trying to listen to that, right? This is what we have to do for listening to good things. See, in this mantra, the beauty is there in the first word, the second word, karnebhihi. How many years we have? We are only having two years. Then, karnabhyam. It should be like that. In Sanskrit, there is singular word, there is a dual word, there is plural word also. It's not in English. It's again in Nepali language. They have again the dual, uh, a dual word also. Like, you know, if there is one boy standing, we have to say Bala. Okay? But if there are so many boys are standing, you have to, in English you say only there are few boys. Right? And we say in Sanskrit as Bala. But if there are two boys standing, how do you say in English? Just boys, that's all. But in Sanskrit, there is another word, Balau. That means two boys. So, if there are only two, you can specifically mention that there are two. For us, there are only two years. Then how the mantra should have said? In another part of Veda, it is said like Karnabhyam Bhuri Vishruvam Karnabhyam, it is said. But in this Shanti Mantra, it is something different. It said Karnebhihi. Why should you use the plural word there instead of dual word? The reason is, as we make the whole body as ears to listen something that is nonsense, that carries no value most of the times, let's spend time to make the whole body as ears to listen that is good, useful, eternal. That is why the Veda said, Karne Bhidi There are so many towers, you know, at different parts which receive different things and they broadcast them to different sources. Why can't our ears be the towers? So that they can, they can grasp wonderful things. 
there are so many towers nowadays you know when the cell phones started coming so your cell phone may be working with one tower and my cell phone may be working with some other tower now when your tower works my cell phone may not work there now when so many companies came into existence then some cell phones won't work here because that particular tower is not here then your cell phone won't work but let our esb towers to receive all the divine sounds all the divine messages let the whole body become a tower to receive such wonderful messages karne visrunuyama that is what we are praying to god what's the contrast here <laughs> you know is it possible to get only good things in the world ever no there is a disco sound there is pop sound and there is divine sound also in the world i think everything is mixed up like that you just can't extract only single thing and say yes i want to hear or let the whole world become divine is it possible ever never that never happens like that but among the sounds you are listening your eyes always catch what you are interested in right do there are so many sounds so many noises a mom will always be able to grasp her child's voice let there be 100 sounds but when her child speaks something she says yes this is my son she is able to grasp it she is able to receive it so also for us what we are intended to listen our ears always are ready to grasp them so you should keep your ears always for good things to receive good things that is what we are praying to god so god though in the world there are so many bad things too let our ears listen only those sounds which are good see there is bhajagovindam let our ears only grasp that bhajagovindam not the other things though there are other things mixed up and pollute everything in the universe but bhadram srunuyama karne bhi let our ears only grasp such good things in the world auspicious sounds not now let them grasp good things so that that elevates good mood in us thus we can act good so this is what we are praying to gods bhadram karne visrunuyama mm-hmm. 
let's try to listen to auspicious sounds. The Vedic sounds which help us to realize the eternal truths, divine truths that's what we are praying in this mantra dhadran karne bhi srunuyama deva swan you must have heard about the swan bird it seems I don't know how the swans today are but whether the swans are existing or not if you mix up water with milk which is quite common in India And if you offer that to swan, it seems the swan grasps only the milk, though water is also mixed with it, but it leaves the water and gets only the milk. So also, though there are things polluted around us in the universe with different, different things, let our ears work like a swan, grasping only good things, and let the other things left aside. Bhadram karne visrunuyama There is a controller behind everything. We know that. All the planets are also under the control of that one. Maybe he is playing with his planets. But definitely they, unless there is a controller you know all the planets will never move in unison with one with other and we need to pray to them some people call them with some name with some other name some people call Vishnu some people call Siva some people call Allah some people call Christ let the name be something but definitely there is one controller responsible for the movements of all these planets let us try to pray to those gods. But the interesting thing is, while praying, some people do pray alone, sitting in the room. Let's not do that. Let's pray together. See, in this mantra, Srunuyama, this is a plural word used, you know. Srunomi, Alo, that is, I want, I am listening to that. I am listening. Here the mantra says, not I am listening. Let all listen together. That means, always we should be together. What our great sages taught to us. Did you hear about the Pallandu? The birthday of uh, one alvar comes in between, you know, on, on 8th, where he said, not I want to enjoy anything alone. Whatever that is good, I want to enjoy with everybody. No? That is actually what we need. We want to do anything collectively. See here, all these people are chanting Sri Vishnu Sahasranam Stotra. Do you know that? All these people are chanting Sahasranam Sotram together and probably uh, there are 
there are few thousands. In fact, that is a that's a part of the people which were sitting there among eight hundred thousand. In nineteen ninety-eight, when the Vishnu Sahasranam Stotra was chanted on Bhishma Kadasi Day, which falls probably in February, there about eight hundred thousand people sat together and chanted the Sahasranam Stotra. This is a part of that whole group. Okay, this is what actually we want. Why we all assembled here? Can't we sit in our rooms and houses and then read all these things? Can't we just get the cassette and just uh, uh, listen to that? We can, but we want to share with each other. Whatever it is, even it is good or bad, let us try to share together. Kalidasa, one of the great poets of India. said in one of his lokas or in one of his works snigdhajana samvibhaktam hi sahyavedanam bhavati whatever is shared with close intimates we can bear only with such things not the other things you know even if it is sorrow but if there are 100 people in a sitting together and crying together that gives them joy You know, sitting idle in the room and just you know laughing makes no sense at all. You know, so we want everything collectively. So the mantra is teaching us, "Oh, my children of this world, pray this way: Srunuyama Deva, Bhadram Karne Bhisrunuyama Deva." Let's all of us hear together. hearing collectively prevents perceptual errors you know what it is here we are attending in a class and suddenly you know something happened and just we went into yoga <laughs> oh, sometimes that do happen anyway because when the breakfast is heavier <laughs> then that naturally happens <laughs> so and uh, we were listening to the class very seriously and the seriousness became too heavy <laughs> and suddenly we missed a few sentences we missed a few mantras and words then when we went back to the room and started finding that in the book we didn't find that then If there are few more people around us, you know, sitting together, and then whatever we missed, they may say. Whatever they missed, we may be able to tell that to them. You know, that is how when there are collective things, when there are people collectively listening to something and seeing something, if even one misses something good, the other can fill the gap. So here the mantra says, "Don't listen to anything good alone. Be always together, and then try to listen to that." See, that is what we call the perceptual errors. So also, what we are here praying to God is, uh, 
भद्रम auspicious things anyway though there are so many good things you know whatever we like to see whatever we love to see that only falls in our eye you know if you go to market though there may be 101 things here and there but your vision directly falls on the object what we love to i think you must have gone with your children to market and you know, to the shopping mall you may be searching for something they search for something else <laughs> you may be still searching for the thing you want but they always find it well ahead than you and they said mom come come mom it is there come on let's see because your eyes will be always you know, searching what you are intended to we want to see everything good look here it is cow dung is it good or bad it's good and it is bad too See if it organized in a nice way, then it looks so good. Page up once again. See, look here. This is only powder. I think you may be knowing during uh, Dasara and also during Sankranti. During Sankranti, they make. Uh, what you call gobamma and in dasara they call it batakamma and again they play with this kaudan uh, they make a balls like and they do the puja to those kaudan uh, cakes that is fine but if it is kept like this it looks good <laughs> but if it is organized again the same thing will be looking good so let us try to arrange the world so that we can find everything good dirt is also good even dirt is good when you arrange a canal for that when you organize a drainage for it and when the dirt flows through the drainage as long as it is there in the drainage and flows well then it's good otherwise that becomes very bad and that makes the whole place a hell so we want everything to be organized see if the cowden is kept in the in the cowshed it is fine but if it is kept in the office or if it is brought and kept in the kitchen you know next to the pakodi sir or bajji sir or idli and those 
then that becomes very very dangerous you know and we don't want it to be that way so we want everything to be organized everything you know we want to kept in a good way and we want to find them in good each thing has its own reaction each one has a different meaning each one has a different look but when you organize them they give good view if you do not organize them they fear you look here the serpent there is poison in it right but that poison some people play with it use it for good and use it for bad also so if it is with a doctor then the doctor gives the same poison to give life to people no for at times poison giving life to the patient but for some time it take away the life some people will play with the serpent and some people will run away by seeing the serpent serpent is good and serpent is bad also you need to organize that in a way so that it is useful gives you nice sight to you to the people around and elevates our good moods here you see collectiveness how it helps us again next is mantra also the same thing akshabhirya jatraha plurality is used there probably the plural number they used plural word they used maybe to say that collectiveness no if my eyes are two and your eyes are two then that becomes the plural or if we make the whole body as he is also that becomes the plural making the whole body is also good and doing something collectively is also good look here here is a story of ramanuja and he is the great kuresa ramanuja planning to write the commentary on brahma sutras once upon a time thousand years ago of course it was he wanted to write the commentary in a very very authentic way but how the work becomes authentic he wanted to take the opinions of great sages for which he had that there is a book which is called bodhayana vritti which he wanted to see and get the essence of it and then write in a simple way so the people can understand but while going the book is the book in those days was in kashmir which is now in pakistan there he wanted to go but while going he went along with kuresa a very learned pious and great scholar so ramanuja along with him went there let's cancel so when both went there they found the book there but the library people said we are not going to give books to anybody out are you interested then sit here and read it note down the things and then go but how long they can spend time there because the book was so big 
very big work it was. There was time, time for them was very little because, uh, you know, in winter they can't stay there. So they went there during the winter time. They stayed for a few days. They stayed for very few days, like, you know, seven days or ten days. And Ramanuja um, referred a few chapters, whatever was needed. After that, they returned the book and they started coming back. But in the way Ramanuja was saying to the Kuresa, I got... No, I am. I don't know whether I am able to retain everything or not. He was a little bit worried. Then Kuresa said, "Sir, don't worry. While you were sleeping, daytime you are you were just watching the book, and when you were taking rest, I read the whole book. And whatever I read, I got it into my mind." His mind made a photostatic one. So, whatever he read, he just retained the whole work in his brain. And after Ramanuja returned to his place, Sri Rangam, and while writing, Kurisa gave him wonderful suggestions from that book, which Ramanuja recollected and said, Yes, this is right. Thus, the whole work was finished. So, this is collective effort, what you people call as teamwork. Right? Teamwork is always good. You may be very great, but take the help of others and make it a teamwork which always yields good results. And it avoids all the errors. What sort of errors they may be. This is the body which we want. Not lady body, of course. <laughs> but a stronger body, a body with steel. What we are praying there, no? Sthirai rangaihi tanubhi tushtu vagunsaha That is what we are praying. So we want a stronger body, we want stronger limbs, limbs like this, you know. You may be dropped on the moon, but you should be in a position to bear with the situation, the environment there. Such limbs we want, such organism we want. That means effective, powerful, working always. Some people, you know, they work for some time and they say, I'm exhausted. We don't want such bodies. We want our bodies must be stronger and should work always, wherever they are. Suitable for all the weathers, all the climatic conditions. You know the robot? All the 24 hours you can work with it. No matter, it never demands any extra money. <laughs> if you are working in an office, of course not Indians, but others, if they work extra hours, you know, they demand overtime. You know. Our Indian people are very generous. So, if somebody wants them to work for 6 hours, they work for 10 hours. Still, no pain, no strain. No exertion. We want such bodies. Sthirai rangai We want such bodies. Bodies are like vehicles. You know, our limbs are like the wheels and steering. We have these bodies, no doubt. We don't want them to be crashed. 
We don't want them to hit somewhere and just, you know, got collapsed. We want them to work always. We want them to be on the road. We don't want exertion also like this, you know. We want our body to be always active. And we don't want overactiveness like this, you know. At the same time. We want them to be always on the road. And while going on the road, we don't want them to, be, to hit with something and get collapsed. We want them always fairly and steadily going on the road to reach a fair goal. That is what we are, we are praying to God. Sthirai rangai stushtu vagum sastano bhi Vyasema devahitam yadayuhu We want to lead the life. We don't know how much span is provided by God. Because for everyone it's a question, right? How long am I going to live? Some people come to and ask us a wrong question. Swamiji, I want to do something. Am I going to get success? I say it's a wrong question. Why should I say, am I going to get success? Why should you ask that way? You have to ask, Swamiji, I want success. You ask that way. No, some mom comes and says, Swamiji, I want to perform marriage to my daughter. Will it happen soon? Why you are asking that way? You should ask Swami, it should happen soon. You can ask that way, right? Swamiji, I am going for examination. Will I get success? You need to ask Swamiji, I am going for test. Bless me so that I can get success. That should, there is a way to ask things. You know, there is a way to pray to God. But everybody is doubtful. How long am I going to live? See, living time will change from person to person. Do you know that? For you, hundred years are different. For a mosquito, hundred years are different. For a fly, hundred years are different. For an elephant, hundred years is different. For a cow, hundred years is different. And for the four-headed Brahma, hundred years is different. Just for information, I'll give you two examples. What is the hundred years for a mosquito according to your time span? Two days. A mosquito takes birth and after two days it will die. But for you it is two days. But for that mosquito it is hundred years. It divides its time as hundred years and thus it lives. But you think, oh, it lives so little time. Only two days it live and die. And die. It's wrong. It is leading its hundred years time. For a cow, or for a dog, you may think it is living only for 20 or 30 years. But for it, it is 100 years. It varies from person to person, you know. That is what you need to understand. Here, he is called four-headed Brahma. Chaturmukha Brahma we call him, according to our Sastras. Do you know how long he lives? According to your time. Understand. Try to understand this. See, in your book, 
uh, not in the first book I suppose it's in the seventh book or fifth book the time is given time how to count the time is given to you you can refer it later but here we call it a chatur yuga you know you know this word chatur yuga this word chatur yuga means 4.32 million years how much 4.32 million years make one chatur yuga such 2000 chatur yugas make one brahma's day that is just a day for him that means you can imagine then how long he lives if it is 100 years for him for him again according to this one day and 15 days make a fortnight 30 days make one month and two months make one rutu six months make one ayana and 12 months make him one year does he lives for 100 years he also lives for 100 years only anybody lives for 100 years some people according to our calendar or time maybe for 100 years some people may die in in 5 years and you say how oh, within 5 years he died so young don't say that his 100 years time was over you know you should take in that way 100 years doesn't mean just 100 according to you did you ever hear about the cells in the body that form the skin your skin is full of cells according to doctors are here any doctors how many doctors are here one that's good two there are few doctors our skin is full of cells right doctor and how long this cell lives 4 hours immediately after 4 hours a few cells will die immediately after one day few cells will die after 2 days after 20 days after one year i think it is the bone cells and may live longer you know for 20 years they keep changing again so you bond with few cells and those cells are not here today with you they already gone all the cells in your body are very fresh fresh cells in your body now which which book sixth book mm-hmm. you can later refer to this sixth page of sixth book not now okay just remember the time span how to count the time is given according to you okay come on now let's come back here so 100 years is not just 100 as you are counting today here it is you see one man's day 100 mosquitoes here and it's like that one day it's like that all that we want any number of seconds we live on this earth 
whenever we go then our 100 years time will be done okay till then let's live realizing the god with us within everything let the brightness of god be there always with us uh, in our hearts as a, a great saint by name periyarwar we call him as periyarwar as in sanskrit people call him as vishnu chitta he lived but what he did was he always using every activity of his life in service of god you know praising the greatness of god working for god he was a garden maker he was working in tulasi garden where he used to uh whatever quilting malas huh? how do you say that malas quilting the malas he used to prepare garlands and he used to offer to god and ultimately you know the daughter whom he grew pavel he dedicated to god and lord rangnath has taken her that is how actually we want our life to be every minute of our life be spent as per the wish of god let's live with god let's not just live against the wish of god like a devil you know we don't want anything that goes against the wish of god we say ma devahitam yadayuhu all the life be used to please god to serve god in a way it is provided that's what we are praying this is you know a prayer for everybody this is not a specific prayer for any sampradaya for any religion you know see living well living for others living collectively living for good works and doing auspicious things whose prayer is this it's for everyone it's for everybody that is actually what we want though there are specific prayers everywhere let them be no problem so if one feels god in a specific way like krishna rama ganesh shiva durga let them be or there are prayers for christ prayer for allah let them be but we want a general prayer this what the veda teaching to us let's uh, chant the prayer collectively Om Bhadrankarne Visrunuyama Devaha Bhadrampasyema Akshabhiryajatraha ಶಿರೈರಂಗೈಷ್ಟುವಾಗುಂಸ್ತನೋಸ್ತನೋಸೇಮ 
Devahitam Yadayuhu Devahitam Yadayuhu Om second mantra or do you need some uh, some break some interval a little break for 9 minutes <laughs> today because is the first day just a little bit here because of the rain we have there so we stand a late and so something going on again with the Santi Mantra. Om Namah Paramarushipyaha Om Namah Paramarushipyaha Namah Paramarushipyaha Namah Paramarushipyaha Om Bhadram Karne Vishrunuyama Devaha Bhadram Karne Vishrunuyama Devaha Bhadram Pasye Makshavirya Jatraha Bhadram Pasye Makshavirya Jatraha 
The second session, in fact, we wanted to know something about uh, an introduction about our Vedic literature. But today, because of the, the what we call as the organizational initial problems, we could not uh, finish the two mantras and start the Vedic literature's introductory set session. What we feel let us uh, postpone it for tomorrow, no? next two sessions. Whereas we finish the Santi Mantras, both the Santi Mantras today, that is what will feel good, isn't it? You don't think so well? Anyway, we are going to conclude the morning session at 12.30. Okay? So, the rules of the game. See, while playing the game, there are some lines. If one crosses the line, he's out. If one just puts a step out of the ground, he's out. If his ball dropped away the ground, out. So long as he's playing just in his court, he'll be wonderful. He can win the game. He only can win the game. Not one who doesn't know the rules. Not one who crosses the lines always. He becomes out and he will become responsible for the defeat of his own group also. No? So one should be aware of all the rules and regulations. For there is a, there is a, there is a saying. It's not a saying. It's a lesson. Anyone of, uh, are you acquainted with the shorthand? No? A little bit, you know? We learned stenography also, you know? We learned shorthand also for some time. And uh, we learned the Pittsman shorthand. There are two types of shorthand, you know? One is called Pittsman shorthand. And there, the 121 lesson, is a very important lesson. Till 121, it is the low, lowest speed. You know. After 120, it is called highest speed. So that 120 first letter lesson is very important lesson. And the first sentence is very, very important sentence. I think it is uh, universally applicable. I repeat that sentence, you know, from that book. Just I quote it. The lesson starts like this. If you wish to write at a high rate, no? if you wish to write at a high, because it is about writing, you know, somebody speaks, somebody talks and somebody 
will be writing and there is a practice of writing, putting strokes. There he says, if you wish to write at a high rate, you must master the rules. That is the first thing he said. You must master the rules. Okay, I master the rules. Not enough. So as to follow them fully, that is very important. You know very few rules and you start saying, Oh, I know everything. It doesn't work. You must know all the rules so as to follow them fully. Still not enough. And be able to apply them on all occasions. Then only you can write at a high rate. Apply it for the living. If you wish to live at a higher rate, same thing. You must master the rules so as to follow them fully and be able to apply them on all occasions. The rule is applicable anywhere you want. So here, Garuda is the one who mastered all the rules and he knows how to follow them fully and he used to apply them on all occasions. So, we say Garuda is the master of all the rules. If he blesses us well, then we can become masters in our own fields. So we pray to Garuda to bless us with that. We want speaking abilities also. <laughs> speaking abilities are so many. We want a few qualities to our speech, like well-wishing and pleasing others and motivating others. These are the three essential qualities for our speech. Satyam, Priyam, Hitam. You know, we call these three, the three words. It should be well-wishing. That means Hitam. And it should be pleasing, Priyam. And it motivating also. It should be Satyam. You know, Satyam, Priyam and Hitam. Such words always are good, you know. But it should not be just like the parrot words, you know. If you speak just like a parrot, that's not enough again. It should be from your bottom of the heart. We want such words, but you, I don't know whether you know it or not. It's a very powerful weapon. Most of the times, you know, we use it, you know, for eating. Of course, that's an inevitable, because which is now ready for us. So many people use it, you know, for peace promoting, promoting, promoting peace. Some people do that. Some people, they use it as a weapon to create wars. You know, telling the tales here and there. And thus creating bloodshed on the earth. You can use it as a bomb also, you know. You can blast so many things. You can just, you know, blast the twin towers within no time. Where two people are living together, you can split them. You can destroy the whole structure of the family. No, that is the tongue, that is the ability of the tongue. Choice is yours. Or you want the tongue to be used to kill or to heal. If you use it to heal, 
it's really wonderful. You are the person to live, fit to live on this earth. If you want to use it for killing others, you are dharavaha to the earth. So we want our speaking ability must be always good. Rama was loved by the entire universe because he used to speak so nice, so lovely. Everybody were very much fond of listening to him, you know. That's why Rama was worshipped, adored by anybody. You must have heard about this guy. The mighty Hanuman. Why he is still worshipped by the people? Because he was the master of speech. Sita was about to, about to commit suicide. He opened his mouth, she forgot what to do, listening to him. That's how he told the whole story of Rama, Ramayana to Sita to save her from committing suicide. So, we consider Bruhaspati is the master of speech. What we already told you, know, who taught to Indra, who taught to anybody, you know. So, we pray to him. Swasti no Bruhaspatir Dadhatu Let the Bruhaspati bless us all. So, our prayer is let Indra bless us with good hearing ability. Let Sun bless us with good wealth and generosity. Let the Taksha Garuda bless us with a practice where we never cross our limits. Let the Brahaspati bless us with a beautiful Speech, speaking ability. Like if all these four devatas bless us, and that is what we want, then we can understand the Upanishads. Without these qualification prerequisites, if we have the wealth of Upanishads with us, it is just like the powerful and valuable money on a serpent head. Very dangerous. Right? Or it's just like giving a nuclear weapon to Musharraf. <laughs> Let's chant the mantra, Shanti mantra. Om Swastina Indro Vruddhasrevaha Vastina Pusha Vastina Pusha Visvaveda Visvaveda Svastina Stachyo Svastina Stachyo Arishtanemihi Svastino Svastino Bruhaspatir Dadhatu Om Shanti 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 First two down, last one up. 
जय श्री मनारायण